Support for Kings of Anglia is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Manscaped offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Manscaped is trusted by over 2 million men worldwide. Join the movement for all your below-the-waist grooming needs. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. But why should you join the movement? I hear you ask. Well, Manscaped just launched in the UK. We've gone years without using the right tools for the job, but you could be one of the first men in the UK to experience their life-changing products. I've done it. I've had a lawnmower 2.0. I've had a lawnmower 3.0, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, and it's changed my life. No more nicks, no more little cuts, precision below the waist grooming. Manscaped has redesigned the electric trimmer. The Manscaped engineering team has perfected the greatest ball hair trimmer ever created, and they've just released, as I just said, the new and improved Lawnmower 3.0 in the UK. Third generation trimmer featuring cutting edge ceramic blades, reducing all grooming accidents. You do not want to have grooming accidents. When I tell you this is premium, I mean it's premium. The battery will last up to 90 minutes, so you can take a longer shave. It's waterproof. And that means you can groom in the shower. It's the perfect place to groom. No mess, no cleaning up. One of the coolest features is the LED light, which illuminates grooming areas for a closer and more precise trim. And here's one little tip from me. Combine those two things. Not only do you want to be trimming in the shower using the waterproof technology, you want to be trimming in the dark. Use your LED light, trim in the dark, trim in the shower for the perfect shave. It doesn't end there either. I've got two products sat in front of me right now. I've got the Crop Preserver, which is anti-chafing ball deodorant. You don't want to chafe. You want to smell good and feel good. Get your Crop Preserver. Also in front of me is the Crop Reviver, a refreshing ball toner. If you haven't toned your balls... You need to get some crop reviver. Tone those balls. Get them toned. They've also upgraded to 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. I will not shave with anything that does not have quiet stroke technology or at least 7,000 RPM. That's what you need. Won't forget the charging stand. That's USB dock. Show off your mower loud and proud because this intelligently designed stand is convenient charging dock powered by USB. You can take it anywhere. If you're listening to me speaking right now, I'm speaking with passion. I want you to experience this firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free delivery with code KOA at manscaped.com and let's make your testies their besties. Get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com. Use code KOA at the checkout. Your balls and I will thank you. Hello friends and welcome to the latest episode of the Kings of Anglia podcast. It's the morning after the day before and what a day it was yesterday. Paul Cook said he was going to be demolition man and he wasted no time at all in blowing things up. Some very interesting decisions which we're going to get onto in due course. We'll let you know what we think about all of them, whether they're the right move or the wrong move. First of all, I must mention, of course, our sponsor, manscaped.com. Um, and you'll no doubt you'll be hearing an ad for those at some point as well. Remember to use code KOA at manscaped.com for 20% off and free delivery. Make your nuts look nuts. And speaking of the nuts, I've got the nuts panelists, my three friends, the three amigos, one of whom is very hairy, one of whom is not very hairy at all, and one somewhere in the middle. I'm going to start with the somewhere in the middle. Hutchie Hogan, Andy Warren, you were very busy yesterday churning up the hits as the players went and stayed. It was tremendous stuff. It was excellent. How are you this morning? Did you get a good night's sleep? Just somewhere in the middle. I think that's I think that's me in general, both in terms of, of hairiness and um and life. I'm somewhere in the middle today. 
You're always very calm, aren't you? Not too high, not too low. Mick McCarthy, Just... Mick McCarthy always said, didn't he? Don't get too high with the highs. Don't get too low with the lows. Stay in the middle and you'll be fine. And that's exactly, I... exactly where I am. It didn't really stick to his own advice there, though, did he, Mick? He, he tended to get quite wound up about things. Anyway, I digress. Um, Stuart Watson, my friend, the doctor. How are you? I'm I'm okay, thank you, mate. Good morning. How are you? I'm well. Yeah, we're doing this very, very early this morning. This is probably the earliest we've ever done a podcast. <laughs> it's nine forty-three. Come on. <laughs> I know it's not early for you if you lot were kids, but it's not me. early for anyone. It's nine forty-three. <laughs> Get on with it. Let's go. <laughs> I know someone who it's early for, and that's Roscoe, the hairy man of the woods, formerly greatest producer on planet Earth, now greatest beard wearer, Rossi. How are you on this beautiful? Looking out my window, Tuesday morning. I'm very well, and yeah, I remember getting up at eight o'clock in the morning to go to the studio for an early show. So this is nothing. This is a, this is the right time. I've had this my is... breakfast. I've had a shower. All good to go. Excellent. This is late. Um, before we get into uh, what happened yesterday, Roscoe, you teased on the group chat last day, uh, yesterday, last night. I've got a classic Ross moment to oh, talk shit. about. So let's start with this. I'm assuming it's related to our sponsor, Manscaped.com. Have you managed to accidentally circumcise yourself with a lawnmower 3.0? No, it's nothing to do with that. Oh. But, um, yeah, I'm sorry. To, I haven't trimmed my, my bush or my balls yet. That will come in due course at some point. Good update. Um, yeah. but um, So, yeah, I went to Marks & Spencer's yesterday in Marsham um, with good old Liam from Crew. And, good old, um, yeah. Yeah, when I left the store, I took my mask off and I had my AirPods that I've got in at the moment. And uh, one of them fell off and went into um, basically a crack. It's like a big like um, drain sort of. Fell down long... a drain? Yeah. So um, I had to get someone from Mark Spencer to get a long, long pole and put some blue tack on it and to pick <laughs> it up. So, um Yeah. That's that is above and beyond customer service. I've got to say. So you've left their store and managed by your own foolhardiness to uh, oh, it's outside. Your... It's not You're... like a drain, like a water drain. It's I don't know. It's on the path where it's just I don't know. It's got a, a long sort of hole where, and it's just I don't know how to explain it. But unbelievable customer service. That was me. I said sorry, mate. <laughs> you don't You're get that a little. Start... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Good. Excellent. Um, boys, let's talk about yesterday D Day. Ipswich Town players of all kinds finding out whether they had a future at the club. Um, and there were some big departures and also some surprise um, remaining, shall we say. Uh, let's start, of course, with, with, the, with the headline ones, which were Luke Chambers and Cole Skews departing. We might as well start with the, the release list. Uh, me and Hutchie did a quick 20 minutes last night uh, in depth on this. So if you want to kind of listen back to that, to get in-depth thoughts on just those two, go back and listen to that. But Stewie, you weren't around yesterday. Luke Chambers and Cole Skews, very much your era, the, the Watson era at town. You started as, as town reporter 10 years ago, 2011. Luke Chambers came in 2012 and, and Cole the year after that. So it's going to be very strange for you next season, not having Luke Chambers in blue. Um, your thoughts on Chambers being released at Skews as well? Yeah, as you say, I think Andy and I were chatting about this the other day. There's probably not too many people that have seen Luke Chambers play live for Ipswich more than me, which is a strange thought. Um, of those 300 and, what was it, 96 appearances, I've probably only missed, and probably count on one hand the amount of times that I haven't haven't seen those. Um, 
So it is going to feel very strange. It is a proper end of an era for Ipswich Town. Um, I guess thoughts are that probably now is the right time for a reset for the club and moving on from those two is probably the the way of doing that. Um, no room for sentimentality, new owners, new time for the club. Um, but still, it's a... It's a sad day in many ways to see them go because um, those two men have given everything on and off the pitch, physically, emotionally, have invested themselves in the club, in the town, um, been great ambassadors, great servants for the club. And um, I, I was a bit sad that they didn't get the send-off that they deserved um, with, with no mm. fans in the stadium. And I hope that that maybe that can be rectified um, further down the line with, with some sort of t- testimonial game. Do we know with Chambers? Um, Cook had already said that there would be something on the table for him, um, and clearly now he's departing. So, do we know what happened there? Was it was was something offered and Chambers? I mean, clearly there's going to have to be a reduced role in terms of playing. And and did Luke just want to carry on playing? Do we know any of the background there, boys? Don't all speak at once. Um, I I, I can't say for sure what's happened there. I think there's a lot of things that that Paul Cooks maybe said publicly that haven't come to fruition um i think this 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 might be one of them i'm sure we'll find out in the fullness of time but can't really say for sure what's what's happened what's happened with that one okay roscoe you were you were with me in the um the current when we when we did this this chat before that chambers probably needed to go for the reset of town the boys kind of in the in camp um so now chambers has gone how are you feeling about it um strange just like you know Stu and probably Andy as well, you know, we've been used to Chambers and Skews, um, definitely Chambers being the skipper. Um, I catch what Andy said about the number four shirt, you know, when you are used to that player's going to have that designated shirt every season. So it'll be interesting who will be the number four next year. But yeah, it's um, an end of an era, as you would say, mm. um, because, you know, it's a lot of generation of town fans They've all just known Chambers and Skews, basically. Um, so yeah, uh, a sad day, but we got we got a, a new chapter. I won't say new era because yeah, I think we've done that plenty of times. And yeah, it's butts in the butt. So, but yeah, it's uh, it's going to be weird when the um, whoever's going to be the next captain and the new number four. Yeah, it seems to be a race yesterday once it was announced for for people to tweet as many pictures as they possibly could of them with Chambers. Um, but he was. A character, certainly a, a guy who um, would always give his time to fans and stuff. Stu, how, you spent the most time with him over the over the years. How, how will you remember him as as a player and as a person in terms of his town career? Um, as a as a player, someone who was selfless, played played through the pain. Someone who was able to churn out an incredible number of matches. Uh, up until this season, he barely um, certainly barely been on the bench. Only missed a handful of games through suspension or serious injuries, but played through a hell of a lot. If you look back on the interview I did with him heading into the first league one season, he talked about the collision that he had with, with Bart that left him thinking he was going to die temporarily. Mm-hmm. You know, that basically snapped him in half, left him with fractured sternums, ribs, the works. Um, so that kept him out for a few games, but there, there was a time where his, his foot kept blowing up and he's... he's you know, I was playing with a boot filled with blood, basically, and but just kept making himself available. But basically, sort of said, unless you pull me out of it and tell me I'm physically not ready, I will play. So he's someone who played through the pain, 
Uh, somebody who played out of position a hell of a lot. You know, he, he played at right back, which is a hell of a lot. You know, this season he's played at right back again. Certainly in the playoff uh, season, he played at right back and he made no secret of the fact that that was by no means his favourite position. He was a centre-back and he would have much preferred to be there, but almost became hesitant to use the phrase victim of your own success playing that right back role because by his own admittance, he was never going to be a, a flying right back. But he, he was reliable and he did it to the best of his ability. He was pretty consistent. Yes, he had some off days as all players do, but he's a pretty consistent player, wasn't he? And um, played his, certainly played his role in, in that playoff season at, at right back. And I thought he got better and better at, at that right back role as well. So um, as, a, as a man... Loud, gregarious. Everyone sort of knows what he's like. You speak to Cole Scoos, who knows him best, is his best mate, his best man, and would tell him that maybe just just chill out, mate. Relax a little bit. You're trying to do too much. And I think Luke himself has said there were times where I've tried to fill every single hole at this football club. And I think in recent years, he, he, he realised that he maybe needed to take a step back from that and just concentrate on himself and trying to be the sort of the, the saviour of everything. Um, which he couldn't, so maybe put a bit too much pressure on himself. We know he's sorting out tickets for all his teammates. He's got youth team players living in the annex at his house. He's the one that's greeting new signings and helping them to bed in and organise socials. He's just a man that was on the go all of the time. I mean, he's a father of four, for goodness sake. I don't know how he's he's got the time to sort of bring that energy to the party, but just, just an absolute bundle of energy speaks from the heart um, his interviews were, were always great. Um, as a player, I know he'll, he'll split people, but um, no one can doubt what he's given this football club. Mm. And just before we move on, we're going to do a, a boards on the table verdict on each each decision, saying whether or not we think it was the right one. Hutchie, Ipswich Town are going to be looking for a new captain. Um, we know that Norwood's worn the armband on a couple of occasions this, this season. Um, obviously, Flynn Downs, would, you would imagine, is a captain apparent at, at, at some point. But do you think in terms of next season, the opening day of the season, the man wearing the armband is going to be someone that Cook brings in this summer? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'd put a lot of money on that being the case. Um, Flynn, Flynn Downs isn't at this stage somebody I would particularly want to be giving the armband to. I think he's had a, a tough couple of years with his own career. Um, last summer, obviously, things things didn't go to plan for him. Uh, he's had an injury hit season. If if Flynn Downs is still here come come August, I, I don't want him wearing the captain's armband. I want I want him free to to give his best football and get his career going again if he's still here. So um, I. For me, I think the captain is is not in the building at the moment. I think he'll be he'll be here soon. Okay, right then, boys. We're going to do a balls on the table verdict for each of these KOA style in association with Manscaped.com. Make sure they look nice and trim when you slap them on that table. Um, in the time on a fashion, boys, if you can put your your hand up. Uh, this is purely visual, um, but I will explain what's going on. So hands to the side. Luke Chambers, right decision, yes or no? On the count of three, three, two, one. I'll leave mine in the middle. Oh, you're going to sit on the fence. You can't sit on the fence. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll do a slow rise. Okay, slow. a slow rise. So just for those just listening, me and Roscoe say yes. Ross is very enthusiastic with his thumb. Hutchie is kind of a half-mast, I would say, sailor. Um, and Stewie was a, was a slow rise um, due to his age. 
<laughs> so we all got there. Um, we, we all, I guess, we're all saying they're just about the right decision for Luke Chambers to varying degrees. Cole Skuse, um, obviously we talked about in great depth menu yesterday, Hutchie, but just quickly, Stewie, again, as someone who spent a lot of time with Cole, that was that has to be the right decision, doesn't it? He's barely played this season. Um, what are your thoughts on that one, just quickly? Yeah, I think the injuries this season obviously has made that one uh, a slightly easier decision to make. Um, completely opposite character to Luke Chambers, very dry um, with his humour. Mick McCarthy always used to talk about how you knew that there was going to be a, a piss take or a joke coming from Cole Scoos, but it was like an Exocet missile. You never knew when it was it was coming. So I think he's a, a bit of a different character to, to Luke. Those two worked quite well as, as a pair on the pitch. Just Mr. Consistent, wasn't he? He knows that he was never going to be the uh, the sexiest player. His his goals and assists record, we all know, is is pretty low. But uh, that's not who he's in the team for. I think he was a he's a player's player, isn't he? Um, Cole Scoo, someone who does perhaps some of the un, unseen work that fills in the gaps when the fullbacks go go wandering, treats the ball with care, sniffs danger. Um, he did did everything you wanted from him, I guess, on the pitch. I've just said everything you wanted. Maybe a few more goals would have been nice. The, the goal against Cardiff certainly uh, sticks in the memory, doesn't it? But um, probably a better player than, than people give him credit for. Cole Scoos with the range of passing. And um, uh, so, yeah, I mean, um, probably like Luke. Just, just the time. The time has come, really, with with him. I, I can I can see why both want to carry on playing. I still think they've got, at the age of thirty five, both people that physically have looked after themselves really, really well. You talk about sort of what young players should look up to in terms of professionalism, the way they conduct themselves, and physically the way they look after themselves. Um, I know Cole's had his injuries this season, but I can absolutely see them both uh, still having another year or two in them mm. um, if they want to keep on playing. Mm. Was it you that told me? I have a vague memory of this, um, Stewie. So correct me if I'm wrong. Did you once tell me that when you went down to to Portman Road or Playford Road to do an interview, you found Cole Skews manning the phones on reception? Uh, I don't well, recall. That might that. have been that might have been me. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He was. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that's going to be his full time job going forward. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, he was. He was uh, sitting on reception, just looking after the desk while yeah. uh, while um, while the usual person wasn't there. I've got this. Is it? I've got this. I'll stand A couple of little stories on on Cole Scoos that tell you a little bit about him. He's one of the few people I've been to a couple of sort of the the player appearance events, which um, he often went forward to do because he's very good at it. And uh, we've talked before about how I could see him becoming a sort of player liaison club ambassadorial type role going forwards because he's, he's excellent at that but um he was one of the few that probably asked me about myself at times players quite often as years have gone by that sort of gap between not only fans and player but media and player has sort of grown they kind of wheeled out for us they do their few minutes and off they go there's no time for small talk but Cole would actually take an interest in in us and ask you how's your family and how's work and stuff like that I thought that's the mark of the man um we're told that when Luke Matheson signed on loan recently that Cole was the first one on the phone to him while he was driving down from Rochdale having a long chat with him on the phone making sure he sort of knew the area and he was going to be ready to bed in and stuff like that so there's a load of stuff that goes unseen behind the scenes with with both Luke and Cole that um that they do off the pitch that that people probably don't realize so 
Um, there's going to be a void there to, to fill in, in that respect. But times move on, things change. And um, just as sort of Luke Chambers came in and kind of stepped up from Carlos Edwards being a certain type of captain for Ipswich, someone else will come in and bring some different different captain attributes to the to the table as well, I'm sure. Mm. Luke Matheson, eh? There's a there's a name from uh, from the recent past that seems to have vanished. Um, boys, balls on the table time. Cole Skews. What are we saying? Three, two, one. Yes. Four thumbs up for Cole Skews' decision. Shall we move on then to maybe a couple of the more surprising ones, boys? Um, because James Wilson, Mistress Town's newly crowned Player of the Year, um was released yesterday. Uh, I'm going to come to you first, Rossi. You're nodding along. Did oh. you expect Did you expect James Wilson, player of the year, solid League One defender? That's Ross exhaling. That's not a, a game. Oh, sorry. Win. <laughs> Was it that loud? Um, did you expect James Wilson to be released yesterday? What do you make of it? A little bit surprised, but then I'm, in a way I'm not. I think Paul Cook, he wants to... Like any manager, they want their own players. Um, obvious, stupid, stupid statement for me, really. But uh, I feel he maybe want different players in different positions, and maybe he had to decide between Toto or James Wilson. And I'm bringing the age in. Maybe he feels Toto because he's still got his age on his side. James Wilson still, you know, age 31. Isn't you know, it's not that old as a footballer. But um, maybe Toto is maybe yeah. I don't know where I'm going with this. We should we should it, mention on the on the age front there. You, you, I'm just going to dip in. We know, we clearly know now that Paul Cook listens to KOA, and he's a big fan of of Ross because he, he's basically adopted Ross's approach to selection, retaining, um, releasing of players, which basically is anyone over the age of thirty, get rid, keep the rest. So so James was was the wrong side of thirty. Um, Hutchie, what what did you make of James Wilson being handed his his marching orders? Um. I'll be honest, I think I probably expected it. Um, I think he could have brought some value to the team um, for sure. Um, but I think I think it probably came down to a choice between him and Toto and there are a number of reasons why why maybe Toto was the one they, they kept. He's, he's played well for a start, Toto. He's played played some good football this season. He's been he's cut the errors out. He's been strong um, and, he's, and he's played well. He is younger, which you know, is, is a factor. He's not had the injury knocks that Wilson's had over the course of the season. So that's another one in his favour. And I think we also have to, we also do have to factor in the, the, the value side of things in that there may be some value in, in Toto Enciala in terms of transfer fees, certainly in terms of what Ipswich paid. And also those other factors feed into him, but perhaps being worth a little bit in the, in the transfer market, um, I'm sure we'll get onto those that have stayed in in a moment. But um, but for me, I wasn't overly surprised that James Wilson was allowed to leave. Um, it maybe wouldn't have been the decision that I made, but it just doesn't surprise me that Cook that Cook made that decision. Stewie Wilson, what do you reckon? Yeah, not much to to add to that really. I think once you've made that that decision on Luke Chambers, which we've probably just said that you probably come to with a heavy heart, but it's the right decision for a fresh voice as captain. You can't throw all of the centre-backs away because that would have just left you with Wolfenden and a completely untried Corey and Darba. So I think to keep one, even just as a, as a squad backup centre-back, 
uh, was sensible. It then is paper thin between Toto and, and James Wilson. And for the reason that the boys have just discussed, that decision has gone Toto's way. Ross has put his hand up. Do you need the toilet? No, no, no. I just want to say when, of course, James Wilson signed, everybody was thinking why, why we signed him. But he's proven mm. he's done the business, hasn't he? And this player of the year this year, maybe because no one else has been that good. Um, that's probably why he's won it. But the thing, when we first signed him, fans weren't happy about it. And he's gone on to earn himself new contracts and has played decent. Yeah. Have there been many it- occasions? Sorry. Carol. Ipswich will be playing against him next season. I'm sure we'll um, we'll see James James Wilson back at Portman Road. I'm I'm convinced. I'm convinced of that. Hmm. Have there been many occasions where players of the year have been released after winning Player of the Year? Can't think of many off the top of my head. Um, balls on the table time. Then James Wilson. What are you saying? Three, two, one. Mm, so me, Hutchie, and Roscoe are saying no. Stewie is unsure. He's wavering hands saying not sure. Why are you why, oh oh it's gone down. I'll go thumbs down because I think Toto's still got a lot to give at, at this level. It had to be one or the other, but Okay. So all four of us there saying we would have liked to see James Wilson remain at Ipswich Town. Another one, which is perhaps a shock. In, indeed, it was a shock for me. So much so I wrote a piece about who should be released and who should stay. And I didn't include him because I thought it was a no-brainer. Tristan Nydam. Yesterday, we've, we've heard recently Cook praising Nidam big time. Obviously, been out for a long time with injury, but but offers something, a certain grit and character to the team on, on his cameos since returning. But he was released yesterday, um, formerly one of the, the next big things, formerly ahead of people like Flynn Downs in terms of next big thing status. Hutchie, were you surprised that, that Tristan Nidam has, has, has left? Yeah, beyond beyond surprise, I'm, I'm quite disappointed, actually. Um I think both in terms of his ability as a footballer and the strength that he's shown to come back from that injury, I think he deserves a year to get himself back, even mm-hmm. if it's just to, to prove to to prove to other clubs that he can play football again. Um, the Ipswich have done it before with players recuperating from knee knee issues. Obviously, Tristan's was an ankle. They've given players a year. He, just, just to just to get themselves back, and for Tristan, um, I think he deserved that because now he's in a summer where he's a free agent and he's got half an hour of senior football uh, in two years for for other clubs to go off in terms of um, in terms of signing him, and not an awful lot more in terms of under twenty three football as well. I'm, I'm quite disappointed actually that that he's been allowed to just. Just move on. I hope he gets himself fixed up quickly because he's a he's a good he's a good lad and he's and he's a good football player too. But I I, I think I feel like there's may, maybe a bit more a duty of care that could have could have gone into Tristan than than has done. Um, mm-hmm. Hopefully he's fixed up and it's not an issue. But um, it, it it made me sad to see that 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 had happened. Yeah, certainly for me it was the, the biggest surprise. Um, Stewie, you with Hutchie on this with with the Nidam decision? Yeah, big surprise. I'm sure there will be a duty of care in terms of even though he's been released, he'll be allowed to to rehab and use the facilities and um, and all of that until he's he's fixed up elsewhere. But given how strong Paul Cook's quotes comments have been on, mm. on Nidam, talking about him having the heart of a lion and and the the fighting qualities that so much of the rest of the squad lacked, um, 
really surprised. You're right. Going back to what you said at the start, at one stage he was kind of in England squads ahead of Flynn Downs. He was seen as kind of ahead mm. of the curve in terms of development with, with Flynn Downs. I remember him getting into the team at 17, 18 and being put on all corners and free kicks and everything. He had a versatility as well, a left footer. Um, good little player. And uh, we saw that again in that cameo when he came came on recently. He wasn't It wasn't just a sentimental, well done for getting back appearance. He was he was ready when he was back out there. And I'm surprised we didn't see him anymore after that. And I'm surprised he hasn't been given a contract, especially when you look that Idris El Mazzouni has been given a contract, mm. a player of a, a similar age with similar injury problems recently. Arguably, they're well stocked with the sort of the, the number 10 types with, with Bishop and Dobber and Lancaster and people. Nidam's a little bit different. And yet he's the one that hasn't been given the contract. So same as same as Andy, really disappointed on that one. Roscoe, are you going to make it a full house of disappointments on Nidam? Yeah, of course. I've been a big fan of him for a while as well. And yeah, that was this big shock on on that list. Um, I think Idris, or maybe it was between, I know they're different players, Idris and Tristan, but maybe that was another decision where they, one or the other, they couldn't keep both. And maybe because Idris has played, I know he's been injured, but he's played a few times out on loan at Cambridge and Grimsby. And maybe Tristan with the injury record, maybe Paul Cook just went, I don't know if I can risk keeping him. Um, and yeah, I'm sure Tristan will find a club. I know he's been, you know, he's played 30 minutes of football, but I'm sure there'll be a club out there that will, Colchester possibly. Everyone seems uh, to be going to Colchester. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I just wonder if this is going to be one that Town live, live to regret. Tristan Nydam, clearly a very, very talented lad, um, done incredibly well to battle through a horrible couple of years, really. I mean, obviously getting sent on loan to St. Johnston, that pointless loan, and then suffering the injury and, and having to battle all the way back from that. I just wonder if, if this is one that's going to come back to bite town on the arse, um, which, of course, you can keep trim with manscaped.com. Um, <clears throat> boys, I think we all know what the uh, what the verdict's going to be here, but let's do it for the benefit of the video. Um, balls on the table time. Tristan Nydam, right or wrong? Three, two, one. Roscoe's gone double thumbs down. So, yeah, clearly we're all upset about Nydam. I suggest, boys, we, we, we finish off with the release um, by rounding up the next two together because they're kind of in the same boat, Emma Hughes and Freddie Sears. Um, we expected both. They're both kind of cases of what could have been, I guess, at town. Emma Hughes obviously signed after that incredible loan spell um, and never managed to, to recapture that with, with injury issues. And Freddie Sears... Came over, played brilliantly in the in the in the playoff season to begin with, and then obviously got, for reasons beyond his control, got pushed out wide and 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 deprived of of a striker's confidence. And and we saw flashes, but never really got back to the Sears that we saw in that first spell, and um, when he came over from Cole U. Um, so Hutchie, Hughes and Sears, no, no surprise. Um, but what's your take on those two? Yeah, no, no surprise there. Emir Emi Hughes hasn't played for Ipswich since the middle of January. Um, it was so game, it? it was the Swindling game in January. <clears throat> yeah, um, he left. I think he was substituted at half time of that and hasn't been seen again. And I don't think he's been training with them for for quite some time either. So that one's that one's been on the cards for a while. Um, a real shame because he did the <clears throat> first the first job. He he always spoke about having done the first job of getting back fit again after so long out. He then spoke about doing the second job, which was getting back to being the player that he knew he wanted to be, and he never, he never really, he never really managed to do that. He he was playing, but but never really was able to grab games like he had done in the past. Freddie 
Freddie's another one who injury has robbed him of something. That injury suffered at Norwich. Um, it just hasn't been the same since he came back in terms of beating a man and, and then getting into the box and, and doing the business there. So I think the right decision for both of them to move on. Both of them have got clubs interested in them and I'm sure um, I'm sure they'll be fixed up soon too. Anything to add to that, Stewie? Not really. We talked a lot about um, Chambers and Scoos being long servants to the club, Fred. He's not too far behind them. He came in midway through that. That, that playoff season had a real impact there. We know the tale of his time, as you say, ended up becoming uh, a sort of a, a hard-working huff-and-puff left winger uh, under Mick, and that tag has kind of stuck with him again, um, victim of his own success in terms of the way he provided. Managers knew they could trust him to provide that hard work and a bit of protection for the fullback, but I think that took a bit of an edge off of him. There was a time when Paul Lambert first came in where I thought we might see the second coming of Freddie Sears and he kind of played wide left, but in a far more of an attacking role and was cutting inside. And he looked really good in those first few Paul Lambert games and I thought he might be able to rediscover his form of old. But then then that injury came at Norwich and as Andy says, he's, he's not been the same mm. since. So um, time to move on on that front. I think a pre-injury Freddie Sears would actually really have suited the wide roles that Paul Cook wants to play because they're, they're quite narrow, aren't they, at times, coming inside and attacking the box on, on a right foot for Freddie off off the left flank. Um, sort of a pre-knee injury Freddie Sears would really have enjoyed that. But I, I do fear that that was, that was ultimately an issue for him that he couldn't, couldn't overcome. What summed up Freddie's time at Town for me was recently during the season, I can't remember exactly when it was, but Town had no fit strikers and everyone was like, well, who are they going to play up front? Let's, let's play Tyree Simpson. And, and poor old Freddie Sears was, was fully fit. Uh, and it was like, well, Freddie is actually a striker, you know. He could probably, probably do a job up front. Anyway, um, both of those guys are gone. I don't think we need to do the, the thumbs on this one because I think we probably all agree those two are the right decisions. So that brings us to the end of the release players, just to dot the I's and cross the T's. So Chambers and Skews to the headlines. Um, Freddie Sears, Alan Judge, Stephen Ward, James Wilson, who have I missed? Emir Hughes, Trist- Tristan, Tristan Nydam. <clears throat> and that's they've all departed Portman Road. Well then, boys, moving on to those who are staying, because there were some surprise ones in here as well. Shall we start, first of all, with with Caden Jackson, um, a striker who was joint leading scorer last season, struggled through a very miserable campaign uh, this season, which included him being sent to train with the under-23s and catching COVID, far from a, an ideal season for Caden. Rossi, Caden Jackson, um, I think from what I was seeing, most people were surprised that he's staying on. W- were you? No, not really. I think because of the fee and <clears throat> he's, <laughs> I'm bringing the age in there, he's at a certain age and, you know, I think he, he can do the business. on Playing up front on his own is, you know, is not his go-to but I think I think he's got stuff in the offer and I think yeah that's probably the right decision and you know there could be other clubs interested in him so possibly we can get him you know could get sold on for a fee but mm. we'll have to wait and see on that that's why I wondered with this Hutchie um because I struggled to see where Caden fits in the in the 4-2-3-1 that, that Cook wants to play we've seen him play wide and it doesn't really work um have they literally do you think given him this extra year so they can try and recoup some of the money they they paid out for him what, what are your thoughts on Caden uh I think that I think that shouldn't be ruled out. I think if you look at the three whose options were taken, if you look at Jackson, Danassian, and Ciala, I don't think it's a coincidence that they are the three that that cost fees and and yeah. could and have had clubs interested in them. 
in the relatively recent past. Um, so it, I don't think that should be ruled out at all. I think it's a risky business, but it's something that I've thought they would probably do for for the whole time, really, going back to the... I think we had this discussion when we went back to the Brutally mm. Honest Contracts chat podcast that we did. Mm. Um, this felt like something that they would they would look to do. Um, I certainly don't think a few of these players have had their options taken as a huge vote of confidence from Paul Cook. I think there are other... There are other factors at play here, whether whether it works out or not. Um, time will tell. But just obviously, Aaron Drynan's been kept off this list as well. That, so that's that's four strikers at the club in Norwood, Jackson, Drynan, Hawkins, and and we absolutely shouldn't be sitting here thinking that oh well, Ipswich have got their got their four strikers. They're not going to be after the others that are going to be linked over the course of the summer because they absolutely are. So mm. um, I think it could be a case of one in and then trying get some out in uh, in the future as well. It's an interesting one. I think this is a very, very dangerous game they're playing. If the idea is well, we, we can still retain some value in these guys, that we're giving them a contract to immediately transfer list them. And we don't know that for a fact. But if that is the case, that is a dangerous old game because you're going to end up with some unhappy players around the camp, which can spread when you're trying to build this new feel-good momentum. And if... If you're a buying club, you're going to turn around and go, well, I'll just wait until I'll wait until later in the window and then you'll be so desperate to get, get them out of the building that you'll virtually let them go for, for nothing. Um, because if it gets to the end of August or whenever the window is going to shut this time around, you're not going to, you're going to take what you can get if you've, if you've got no plans to, to involve them, are you? So I just don't think that those players are good enough that people will want to pay the money to get ahead of the queue because there's going to be so many free agents, good free agents, and we've already discussed on one of the pod about the, the types of player that you can get from, from League One clubs at the moment. There'll be several more from the Championship and, and elsewhere. T- taking Caden Jackson as an example, is he that good that somebody would want to pay a fee for him, even be it a, a knockdown fee, instead of getting somebody else of probably a similar experience and, and age on a free. I don't, I don't think so. And all mm-hmm. the while, you've got them in the building, unhappy. Uh, it's another number on your books. To me, this isn't, this isn't the demolition man that, that Paul Cook promised to be. If you are, it's, for me, you've got to lick your wounds. You've, you've, you've paid fees for those players. It hasn't worked out. I thought the fact, if it was Evan still as owner, I can kind of understand that that money came out of his pocket and he maybe wanted to uh, recoup a bit of it. But the fact that his new owners have come along, I thought they might just sort of go, do you know what, with that, those investments haven't worked out. It's time, it's time to move on. But at, at the moment, we are speculating on, on the fact that, um, that that is the plan. Maybe Marcus Evans has taken these options and, and isn't going to use them as football players. He's going he to bought... <laughs> he, he's he's start to a five-a-side team. Yeah, uh, I, Stewie. In terms of Jackson, where does he fit though? In ter- in, in this, the way that wants to play. For me, we've had <clears> this conversation <throat> on Caden loads of times, haven't we? <clears throat> He's got qualities at this level. Of course, he has. The fact that Bournemouth were interested in him last summer tells you that there is a a player there. The fact that he's got a one point six million transfer fee behind him tells you that there is clearly attributes there. And but he's been at Ipswich now for three years. And 
thought he looked a bit out of depth in the championship. Maybe a little bit harsh to say because he was in a completely misfunctioning side at the time. At League One level, I don't see him as a lone striker, although he's got better at that with, with some games. I certainly don't see him as a, as a wide player in this 4-2-3-1. So sometimes you've just got to make tough decisions to say that they doesn't fit what we're trying to do here and uh, and move on. But um, I hope I'm proved wrong and he turns to, you know, he stays and he's, he's a massive success. But um, mm. I'm a little bit confused <clears throat> by this one. Rossi, you had your hand up. Yes. I, know, I don't know how often this happens, but it, could he be part of like a swap deal for a player? Or, you know, an add-on, you know, because he's got some value there. They may, you know, Paul Cook's got a, a striker that, or a winger that he's interested in. Okay, here's a bit of a fee and here's Jackson. So maybe that's <laughs> possible, possible. I don't know how often that what you know happens in football these days anyway. Mm. I guess Brett Pittman would be kind of uh, an example of that with the Tyrone Mings deal. They kind of chucked him in as a bit of a sweetener at the time. I can't remember what Brett's contract was, whether he was out or certainly very close to being out of contract. So yeah, yeah I think he I think he I think he might be in the same boat as Jackson in what terms of one more year left. Um, then him and Ryan Fraser on loan were part of that deal. So there you go. We'll see. Right then, balls on the table, time boys. Caden Jackson, right decision, yes or no? Three, two, one. So we have three no's Hutchie, me, and Stewie. And Roscoe, apparently confused by his own thumb, <laughs> kept it up. Okay, so you're saying the right move, Rossi. That's interesting. What what's that based on? Just quickly, swap deal. Swap. That's you've had an idea. You're sticking to it. Here we go. Yeah. Thumbs up. Good shout, Ross. Right you put a little doubt in my mind there. Good shout. There we go. There's some words you don't hear very often. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> I jest, of course, Ross. You're a very talented young man. Um, right then. Next on the potentially surprise list, certainly in terms of the the reaction that I saw. Um, when it was it was released, Toto Inciala, um, someone who looked for all the world as though his town career was over this time last season, um, played his way back into the side, played 30 or so games, and, and although he still has the odd error and rick in him, um, generally did well. But were you surprised that he was kept Andy Warren? I was surprised. I think, yeah, I was surprised that he was kept. Um, going back to the podcast we did on these contracts some time ago, Mm. the game has changed a bit since then. There's been a takeover. The, the financial side of things are very different. Um, but talking then about the defence not not overly being an issue for, for Ipswich, Toto would have been probably my vote for player of the year ahead of ahead of Wilson. Um, I think he's played well. He's certainly the most improved player of the year. I don't know if Ips, Ipswich have an award for that. I don't think they do, but if they did, he'd get it. Um, so absolutely surprised. Very surprised that he was kept on. Um, but um, if he's still around in August and still part of the setup, I think I'd be quite happy with that, to be honest, because I, I, I've i enjoyed watching him. I've enjoyed watching him this year. Um, so this kind of surprise and my level of happiness at it don't really add up on this one. Um, I'm glad he's still around. Um, but I have my doubts over what his role will be going forward. Okay. Stewie, what are your thoughts on Toto? Yeah, um, it'll be a low-maintenance uh, backup centre-back for next season is kind of how, how I see the role at the moment. But Andy's right, he's been <clears> up <throat> there um, 
with their better players this season, um, for sure. It had to come from, you know, player of the year had to come from a defensive um, part of the team. Um, we, we, we keep labouring the point about how many, you know, there's always a red card coming or a rip coming. That hasn't happened this season. You know, he's maybe we, we should we need to kind of drop that that stereotype with, with Toto at some stage because uh, off the top of my head, has there been any sort of major incidents with him? I've probably overlooked some, but certainly it's, it's not going back before. No, it's going back to kind of October. It was the, red, the uh, penalty at Lincoln. And I think he was involved in something at Doncaster, which were back-to-back games, I believe. But that's back back in October time. It's kind of since the turn of the year, he's been um, been pretty solid overall. Yeah, the run between him and when him and Wilson were the two centre halves in sort of in the second half of the season, those two have kept a lot of clean sheets, and he's looked looked pretty solid. So. Um... Yeah, I don't think anyone's expecting him to be in the starting eleven at the start of next season, but um, you can't go out and sign. It's unrealistic to go out and sign 20 players, a whole new squad. So uh, we said before about there might have to be some pragmatic decisions in terms of some of the keeps, and, and he is probably one of them. Mm. Roscoe, big totes, what are you saying? I've got two takes here, and the reason why I, think, why I think Paul Cook's kept him, he's got a Scouse accent, Paul Cook is you know Scouse, <laughs> And um, I think John Nolan and Toto will both be released next season because they come as a pair, because they signed as a pair. Oh, there you go. And Nolan's a Scouser as well, isn't he? So yeah, all Scousers in it together. Um, right then, balls on the table time, boys. Toto and Ciala was kept. Was it the right decision? Three, two, one. Four yeses from all of us there. <clears throat> Toto and Ciala. And I think we're going to be agreed on this next one. Indeed, as far as I remember, this next player, Janoi Dinassian, was one that we all agreed on in the, in the brutally honest contract discussion. We all said it made sense to keep him, given he's a very versatile backup defensive option. Stewie, Janoi Dinassian, it just made sense, isn't it, to keep him? Yeah, I haven't got a lot to add to what we've, we've said before, really. He's, um, again, not, not likely to be in the starting eleven at the start of next season, but um, he'll be a low-maintenance uh, more than capable backup option, not just for right back, but also can play left back, can play centre back if needed into as well. Um, he's played a lot of games for Fleetwood in the in the second half of of this season. Um, yeah, that, that sensible. I just think really. Um, let's not go overboard and say he set the world alight at Ipswich, but he's he's been he's been fine. He's been consistent, and had he not stayed. It would have been a tough sell to go out and sign a right back who there's no way of dressing that up. You're here to uh, to sit behind Kane Vincent Young. So mm. sensible. Mm. Shall we quickly move on? I don't think any of us are going to say that was the wrong decision, are we, boys? Any of you? No, no. I, I, I think from what I gathered, the chat with him yesterday was pretty clear in that Paul Cook said to him, I've I don't know you. I've not seen you train. I've I've not seen you play. But I've heard some decent reports. <clears throat> let's let's see how the summer goes, um, and uh, go go from there. Um, these meetings were incredibly brief yesterday, by the way. I think each player was in and out of of Cook's office like in forty five seconds. These these aren't like long long debriefs by the sounds of things. Very quick, get through thirty odd conversations in a day. He could Nick have been doing. Does this? They walk in. He's got the thumb like this, and he just does. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> it it doesn't sound too far from the truth. From what I gather, it was very, very quick well, that, and very much to the point. Blue, 
Sorry, Andy, was that the case with Luke and Cole from what from what you gather? <clears throat> I think they both knew going into the weekend that that game was their last. So I look, I don't I don't know exactly in the, in their case whether whether those meetings um were that length, but certainly on the vast majority of these players they were very very quick in out decision made and um also led to believe Luke was on the golf course for most of yesterday afternoon which sounds like the a good way to spend uh, spend a difficult day. Hmm. Okay. Um shall we move on before there is obviously one name that we have to spend a lot of time on and get very excited about but before we do that shall we just um clear up Teddy Bishop as well who was on the out of contract list but um actually sticking with you he didn't actually count in the end towards the out of contract thing did he because he he triggered a clause. No, he'd already in a similar way to they avoided Alan Judge and Stephen Ward doing um Teddy did trigger a clause. I'm not exactly sure what the number was. I think something around, I think he ended up playing 38 games this season. I'm not sure whether his substitute appearance at the weekend was the deciding factor on the trigger or whether it had happened before. But um, yeah, he's got another, he's got another 12 months or automatically, ultimately, um, ultimately wasn't on the out of contract list going into the meetings, but he's around for another 12 months. And they obviously would have made the conscious decision to to trigger that clause. So, Stewie, do we think that, that Teddy keeping Teddy Bishop around is is a good thing? Um, a little bit on the fence with with this one. Um, we all know that Teddy on his day is is a, a wonderful player to watch. This his close ball control, the way he sort of glides across the turf and can go past people. Um, the slight doubt in my mind is that I think he's by his own admittance, still kind of learning what his role is going to be in this Paul Cook team. I don't see him as one of the two deeper midfielders. So the number 10 role is probably the more natural role for him. If that is to be the case, I'd like to see him connect with the striker a little bit more. I think Ipswich have looked more effective when sort of Parrot has played as that 10 because you've got then got sort of two forward players playing off of each other, whereas Teddy's instinct is maybe to drop, drop and kind of connect with the midfield unit behind him at times, but there was always a fear that if you let someone like Teddy Bishop go, that it could come back to bite you. But then I was thinking about Teddy and if he had have gone, I'm then wondering where does he go next? Because if you're any kind of club looking at him, the injuries and the the lack of game time is going to jump off the page for you. I was kind of in my mind thinking that Cambridge would have been a a potential link up with them getting promoted and that being his, his home, his home city as well. Um, but I guess ultimately sort of pleased that he stayed, that him, Downs and Dazelle have, have kind of come all the way through the ranks together. We, you know, when they're on the pitch together, you can see that sort of telepathy with them at times. So I hope that he can kick on. There's been glimpses of, of the Teddy Bishop of old this season. It looks like the injuries are behind him now, touch wood. Um, but we need to see more from Teddy Bishop. There's no getting away from that. He's not a kid anymore. And uh, he's he's one of several that need to kind of really really step up to the plate a little bit more now. Okay, um, boys, let's move on to the big name yesterday when Hutchie sent me a little WhatsApp. Just said Drizzy staying. I said, "Sweet Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and the wee donkey, Mother of God, Drynan staying," because even I had given up on him in my piece. I'd written it was probably time for him to leave. We all know what qualities he has. He works hard. He links up plays, physical, but he's a striker. And unfortunately, apart from that worldy of the goal against Crew, which you just don't stop those, um, he, he hadn't scored a lot. He just doesn't score. 
So I was surprised, boys. Um, Roscoe, were you? Yes, very much so. <laughs> um, but I think maybe he's just been rewarded for just breaking to the team this year. Um, maybe he's, he, he works hard, as you said. So Paul Cook may have liked that. And maybe just feel like, yeah, give him a chance, give this young boy a chance and see what he can do. But I don't know if he will play much. He may get loaned out to Sweden again or something. <laughs> this, this is the thing that surprised me. You touched it earlier, Hutchie. I'm going to come to you. Um, Drynan and Jackson now filling two striker slots. We know they already have Norwood and Hawkins on the books, but we know they need goals. They need strikers this summer. Um, and yet they, they've, they've kept two. They could have they could have released. Certainly Drizzy, you, you would expect them to have released, wouldn't you? I'm a bit puzzled by it. Um, he's got qualities. We've talked about him a lot, haven't we? One of those qualities isn't putting the ball in the net at the moment, but... He has he he does work hard and he's got the linking qualities that others don't. So I can I can see, I can see why you might look at him and and think there's more to come from him. But I don't know. I think with a lot of these that are staying on, they're not they're not massive sort of pats on the back and votes of confidence of you're you're going to be a man for us. I I don't think any of these are going to change anything in terms of recruitment this summer um i'd be very surprised if if Drynan has a role to play significant at, at ipswich going forward but i think we probably would have said the same in may 2020 as well and um lo and behold he was the starting striker on the opening day of the season so we've learned with this kid you've given up on him by the sounds of things mark so i'm interested to know if you're if you're back on the hype train or not but um We've written him off before, and he he's found a role for him for himself. I'm not going to write him off again, but I would I'd be very very surprised if 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 he manages to force his way back in for a second summer in a row. He's going to score 35 goals next season, mate. Don't know what you're talking about. He, he um, isn't. He's just warming up. When I put that on Twitter, someone replied to me and said he's not going to score 35 goals in his entire career, which I thought was very cynical. Stewie Drizzy, you you didn't see that coming, did you? Uh, no, same reaction as everyone else. Um, surprised, almost shocked that, that he's been kept on. This isn't a decision that is, again, um, is a demolition man decision, is it? Um, but the more I've kind of thought about it, I'm kind of giving myself, trying to put myself in Paul Cook's shoes and, and kind of work out why he's come to this decision. We talked about the four strikers. Um, Jackson may be put up for sale. We've speculated on that. Hawkins may be in the same boat as well. Um, <clears throat> so are they keeping them on as a as a, a, a low cost, uh, low risk second slash third backup option for that central striker role? I think that probably is the case. He gets compared a lot to Daryl Murphy. They call him Murph because he's obviously Irish arrived similar type of mould as Daryl Murphy. And using him as an example, I had a look. Daryl Murphy, between the ages of 17 and 22, was playing for Harrow, Harrow Borough on loan and at Waterford in Ireland. He was a sort of a late bloomer in terms of his big season for Ipswich with all the goals didn't come till he was late 20s, early 30s. Um, So maybe that type of striker, that physical, robust target link man type striker are they like goalkeepers do they get better with age I don't know if I'm making a, a sweeping statement there I don't know I, like I mean, Drynan just, just turned 23 um, last week um, we've seen glimpses of what he's all about he works he works his nuts off he has got those link qualities we've 
talked about maybe the quality just isn't there but for the probably for in terms of the the contribution that he's going to be making to the overall squad wage bill is is probably quite minimal and if you've got some doubt in your mind that he could suddenly click and the goals will come and you've got yourself a good player there then I can kind of see why they've they've kind of kept him on it's a bit of a, a low risk potential high reward situation so what you're saying Stewie if I'm not wrong is you're saying there's a chance he's gonna he's gonna explode at some point yeah uh, we've got another summer of this haven't we (laughs) yes fighting boys final time balls on the table Aaron Drizzy Drynan Drisnaldo Driniesta right decision yes or no oh even me oh Yes, no. Put, I'm put, your, put, put your thumb up. Submit to your <laughs> desires. And... So we're all saying we're all saying no. Me, um, somewhat uh, sadly. So there we go, boys. That's the end of it. We should also, of course, mention um, in terms of out of contract um, and wasn't on the list yesterday. Gwion Edwards, who was anomaly in that um, he uh, they didn't have an option on him, Hutchie, uh, and they've they're in negotiations. It's fair to say, but there's interest elsewhere for for Gwion? Yeah, wait and see with that one. Um, <clears throat> Whether he wants to stay or not, I don't know. Uh, how much Ipswich want him to stay or not, I don't know. But he'll have options elsewhere. So this is this is one that will be decided one way or another in the next in the next few weeks. Okay, so again, dot the eyes across the T's time. Caden Jackson, Toto Nciola, Janoi Dinastian, Aaron Drizzy, Drynan, El Mazzuni, Teddy Bishop, all uh, will be staying with the club and Gwen Edwards negotiations are ongoing right then boys i'm aware Stu, you've got a press conference to get to at 11 o'clock um and i want to give you some time to prepare for that um because i know you like to do that um so I, we should of course mention that town won their final game of the season 3-1 over fleetwood um three nil up in half an hour boys where did that come from um just want to stewie and, and hutchie and roscoe just want to make any thoughts on that before we, we move on to the fa youth cup um anything to note from that game boys um, uh, you go first, mate. I've not really got much to say. <laughs> um, I think that's evidence that that a lot of the issues this season have been sort of deep rooted psychological issues, rather than you know we've we've come slowly to the conclusion that maybe this squad wasn't good good enough quality wise as as uh, as we thought it was. This is a reminder that there was some qualities in in that squad, and that I think it had become a real mental block over time, and then. Once we'd got to dead rubber territory and the pressure was lifted, they, they were able to produce a performance like like that. Um, there's probably not a lot else to, to say in there, really. It was the evidence of the partnerships that Paul Cook's massive on, on partnerships all across a football pitch. And I thought we saw a little bit of that now with Downs and Dazelle starting to perform well as, as a duo in the last few games that Parrott and Norwood worked off each other a, a lot better. Um, so the last three games of the season, Swindon, Shrewsbury and Fleetwood just leaves a, a, leaves me going off into the summer with a little bit of optimism that, that with some upgrades across the park that Paul Cook football could be quite fun to watch. Mm. Um, what do we make, just going back to Paul Cook, the Demolition Man comments, um, in terms of what we've we've been left with, Hutchie, what, what do we make of those comments in, in the cold light of day now? It, it was hardly throwing a, a, a stick of dynamite into the squad, was it? Um, no. Kind of almost 50-50. So, and there was some, obviously, the comments about a lot of the players looked like they don't want to be footballers. They don't have to worry about that because they won't be for much longer. 
all that kind of thing. And the guys that have been released, you would never say about Luke Chambers and Cole Skews, you would never say that, would you? So, uh, and even guys like Freddie Sears and people like that. Um, so in the cold light of day now, how do you reflect on those? those um, I don't, I don't think this is the final wrecking ball uh, would probably be my reading of it. I don't, I don't think that this is it in terms of departures. There, there certainly will be others that, that move on this summer, be it even some of those we've talked about having their contracts renewed um, for a year or, or others that mm. are in contract for a year or, or beyond um, that, that get moved on. So I'm, I'm not sure that the demolition man comments necessarily exclusively linked to, um, to, to Monday, to the, the uh, retained list. That would be, that would be my reading of it. I'd be very surprised if there weren't, a significant number of players moved on because if they're going to bring in seven, eight signings this summer, the squad's going to be absolutely huge again, mm. which is the opposite of what the manager wants. So, um, I yeah, don't think that anything's would... off, the, off the table mm. here, Andy. I think the more little bits, you know, we talked about the what he said about Nidham not matching up with what's happened. He's been at pains to kind of big up Andre Dezel over the, the last few weeks of the season. He's now talking about James Norwood having a, a big role to play going forward next season. But I wouldn't be completely shocked and blown away if even players like that were, no, were sold definitely or not. available. Even Flynn Downs as well. You know, we had the transfer request scenario with him last summer. I don't think beyond... I don't know, Kane Vincent Young was, feels about as safe as you can get in that squad at the moment. But beyond him, I don't. Uh, nothing would really shock me this summer in terms of people suddenly being being sold to to help him do other things throughout this squad. So you're, you're probably right. The, let's not judge the, 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 the easy for me to say the demolition man comments on uh, on yesterday alone. That sounds exciting. That's revving my engine, boys. Um, and something else is revving my engine is, of course, the FA Youth Cup semi-final tomorrow at Portman Road, live on BT Sport. The Baby Blues, the town under-18s, host Liverpool. Mighty Liverpool looking again for another giant killing um, and a place in the FA Youth Cup final, which will be the first time since they famously upset the odds and won it back in 2005. Probably the biggest game that's been at Portman Road all season, certainly the most interesting Roscoe, you've you followed obviously the youth teams through your your career. Um, how excited are you about this one? Very excited. You know, I wasn't. I was only ten when they got to the. All right. Yeah, sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll move on about the yeah. age. Um, I don't know if they will like the tag "Baby Blues." No, of course no, I'm no, not convinced. Not. I'm not convinced that's that's going to be adopted. <laughs> Young blues, young blues. They're young. You don't but, get alliteration um, there, though. You, you need alliteration. Um, young blue, baby blues rolls off the tongue, so I'm sticking with it. Anyway, carry on. But yeah, I'm excited for it. It's going to be a challenge. You know, Liverpool. They're known for their academy. There, I'm sure they've got some very talented players. So hopefully, it'll be an exciting game to watch. You know, the previous rounds have been plenty of goals, a lot of drama. Mm. Hopefully, not a long stoppage. Um, because you know, last game we had two very long stoppages. So hopefully. Won't have that, but could this game go to extra time? Could we see penalties? Well, as you said, it's probably going to be the most exciting game we've seen all season at Porton Road. So, yeah, bring it on live on TV. So, all, all on these um, young blues. Indeed. Who wants a fun fact? Go. Liverpool have got a defender called Luke Chambers. No. 
Love it. Yep. yep. Have they? Does he wear number four? I think he might be their left back. Yeah. But um, but yeah, uh, Luke. Luke. And he plays. He plays every week for this under eighteen team. So Luke Chambers is going to be on the pitch for the FA Youth Cup semi final. There you go. I love that, Hutchie. Good work, my friend. Stuart, you're about to to speak to Adam Ate and two of the stars of the side, Liam Gibbs and Elkin Baggett. Uh, you're going to be covering it tomorrow with Hutchie. And of course, Roscoe will be pitch side snapping those pitches. What are you making of this one? I think it's Fraser Alexander actually doing it instead of Liam Gibbs. He's the captain uh, ah. and Baggett as well. But they're doing an actual press conference today to sort of mark this. It's um, it's a big game. My only slight fear is that this could be after the Lord Mayor's show that they've that their, their big journey, their big success has been get, getting to this point. And now this is their, their cup final against Liverpool. Um, I, they've done whatever happens tomorrow. They've done the town and the club proud with you know the, the games that they've had, the, the the comeback against Fulham, um, scoring late against Middlesbrough, and then holding on. And then uh, obviously the, the the last round as well was um, was fantastic. So they've had three big upsets <clears throat> to, to get to this stage. Um, it just feeds into this um, feeling that. Brighter times are ahead for Ipswich, but you know it's got to mean something now as well, isn't it? This has been great. Um, Kieran Dyer was saying post-match recently that you look back to 2005, which Ross has done fantastic documentary on. But mm. those lads didn't go on to have stellar careers. It's fair to say, is it? You know they're playing in Scotland and lower leagues and, and things like that. So for this to be a real success, these you know these players have got to get into the Ipswich Town first team and become become established players. And that is the the challenge to them going forwards now. Mm. Well, that's tomorrow. That's Wednesday night, 6pm Portman Road. The boys will be following it, reporting on it. No, it's 6 o'clock, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, I'm yeah, five sure six. Yeah, they town tweeted five o'clock as a kickoff, but Hutchie, Hutchie, Hutchie put me right. It is six o'clock, so follow it with the boys. They'll be there tomorrow, and we'll be bringing you everything we can from that. Um, that's just brought up the hour, boys. So I suggest we start to make our excuses and 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 get out of here. Um, Sue, you've got a press conference to get to. I just want to throw forward to a couple of things we've got coming up. Um, there probably won't be another K away the four of us this week because we've got some other special stuff coming up. Stewie and Hutchie. Speaking to Mark Detmer tonight, which uh, will be available to you as a as a KOA special um, after this, and we've also got a UEFA Cup special coming this weekend. Arnold Muren, and um, the first of two that the big porker Mike Bacon has done. Arnold Muren and Franz Tyson. Hopefully, you get the first one of those out um, this weekend, uh, and then next week I reckon we'll we'll return and do the the season review slash awards slash look back at how wrong we were at KOA Live Three or whatever it was at the start of the season. Um, that's usually good fun. That was one that me and you just did on our own, Hutchie, last year, because no one else was around. It was just the two of us. Um, so it's going to be a lot more fun this year. Um, so, yeah, boys, any other business before I read the uh, the Manscaped outro and we can get to trimming our nethers? No other business. No other business. No other business. Right, then, all that needs me to say, then, is follow us across all our social medias, uh, Kings of Anger, on YouTube, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Um, obviously, follow the game tomorrow with the boys. Look out for those specials that I've mentioned. Game Day Extra Time, of course, coming to you as well this week. And, of course, get 20% off and free delivery with the code KOA at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free delivery at manscaped.com. Uh, just use code KOA. Your balls will thank you, it says here, but I'm going to say it will make your nuts look the nuts. So get to trimming. It's uh, it's summertime. Beach body ready. Get those nuts trimmed if you're heading to a nudist beach. Um, excellent, boys. Have a great uh, rest of the week. We'll speak to you again next time. Thank you.
crime to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon. Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.